Hi, everyone, and welcome to AB Conversations, where we will help you CFP your way out of it, a podcast where you get into the minds of a couple certified financial planners on how we think and feel about everyday financial planning questions and what should really matter most to you. A healthier financial life starts now. <laughs> hey there, Ben. How you doing? It's October. It's October. New season, new month. Uh, yeah, we know the Eagles are like not great, but maybe not horrible. We're not playing postseason baseball here in Philadelphia, and uh, all basketball. the fall decorations are out in my house. Oh yeah, well, oh basketball. Last Sixers. Sixers start in two weeks. That'll be fun to just see what happens there with Ben Simmons. Yeah, lesson number twenty-five. But <laughs> yeah. So what are we going to talk about today? Well, you know, in the theme of new season, fall, end of the year, what usually kicks off like our last three months is uh, when presented with the opportunity, wink, Mm -hmm. wink, nudge, nudge, uh, to talk about benefits for those that are still working, uh, open enrollment period. And um, I mean, I'll let you maybe kind of frame this up. I think this is definitely one of those parts of a financial life sometimes easily overlooked. Yes, that's definitely the case. I would, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, yeah, I think in, in, our, in our realm where we are, our bread and butter, as we kind of alluded to in past podcasts, is the retiree folk or the, you know, the pre-retired uh, segment of the population. Yeah. So maybe this open enrollment conversation doesn't necessarily have to apply. So I think that's where for us, yeah, our, our younger clients are just those that are getting close to retirement, factoring in the benefits that they have available, making sure that it does actually line up with all of the other pieces of their financial life, um, yeah. making sure that the benefit elections that they make or, or maybe have not made up to this point fit into that grand scheme and that they're not duplicating effort in certain arenas. Right, because I think um, to tie your comment and my comment together, again, some of this is just life, right? You, you get a new job mm-hmm. or you're presented with a new benefits package. Um, maybe you're moving, maybe there's trainings going on, a new schedule, new people. It's kind of easy, right? I'm giving people the excuse to go, <laughs> oh, let, let, me, let me check a couple boxes on these things, yeah. get it over with. And yep. then another year goes by and you think to yourself, well, did it work? Well, it didn't not work. So I'll just renew all those <laughs> same elections. Um, and that, that may not be the best way to go about it. So this is, this is twofold. Let's give a little education around what are those things that are typically involved yeah. in the decision-making process, open enrollment, some things that we would want people to focus on. And then also kind of make the point here that this is a part of what we can do for you, right? Mm-hmm. Review some of those options within the context of what do you really want to accomplish to just make sure you're being as efficient as possible with what's being offered to you and how that can help maybe negate what needs to come out of your pocket or what needs to be in your own financial plan developed outside of work. Yeah, and acknowledging that not all company benefits are equal from company to company, right? Some, some sure. may be very, very, very different um, where you know going outside of the company plan for whatever that benefit may be, may be advantageous, but yes, certainly we are open to going through that and at least reviewing. So I think the most obvious for most people when they think oh, benefits through work, it's the medical coverage, right? It's, it's the health insurance portion of that. Um, obviously, that's not something that we, we do, we offer. 
the medical insurance side of things, but just a little bit of thought in advance can go a long way, right? If, if, if you know that next year, or let's say, let's use us as the example, our wives, if either one of them is pregnant or could become pregnant. In the- what? This is not a scenario out there. And, nope, and it's not, not a, a thing, thing in my, in, my, okay. in my house either. But if you knew you were going to spend <laughs> on a birth, a surgery, for example, right? You, you knew okay. something was coming up that may influence you to choosing, if you do have different options within the medical plan, right? Maybe a, a higher, a lower deductible plan, knowing that you're going to use it, you're, you're potentially going to max it out. Yeah. The trade-off being there's going to be slightly higher premiums. It's just how, how many different ways can you kind of get to the end result if you have an idea of what you're going to spend from, from that standpoint? So that is a great example of being very thoughtful and forward-looking. This is what we want to do in planning. Um, I th- when I also think about medical, I would go into sometimes there are options to have some sort of health savings account. Um, right. Maybe there are flexible spending accounts. Um, I don't think we need to go into the nitty gritty details, but there's a way where you can take advantage of maybe more control uh, over what that expense might be to you, maybe socking some money away for future health savings. If you know you're not, well, you're not anticipating more children, you're not anticipating (laughs) surgeries in your example, right? I I don't really think we'll use our deductible. Healthy family, great thing. So it's to at least understand what all your options are to truly be thoughtful and not just check a box. Yeah, we've we've talked about the HSA, the health savings account, in other other iterations of of the podcast, and that's that's one of the until until the IRS says, hey, we're gonna we're gonna close this this window on this great tool. It it really is one of the best ways to save tax deferred. You're getting the tax break up front. It grows tax yeah. tax deferred over time, and then if you use it for health care expenses in the future it's tax-free. So theoretically, it's, it's money that you will never pay a dime of tax on. And it doesn't really get much better than that. Yeah. And maybe one of the few things in financial planning that we can usually confidently say, this is probably good for everyone, right? To, yeah. to get some money you- set aside, use it when you need it. Um, and if you yeah. don't need it, it's only helping things later in life. So yeah, uh, okay. medical plans, good to review. The only other situation I had in my notes was, again, when you have husband and wife, when you have- a, oh, right. a a two working uh, dual income, when you have dual income family, uh, two different healthcare plans, it is sometimes to assess is one really better than the other where yeah. uh, you don't need to both just default to your employer plan. Yes, that's a, that's a very good point. Um, other insurances, open enrollment. Yeah, so the other one that comes to my mind is the life insurance side of things. Group, group life is typically, well, let me take a step back. More often than not, what we see is there's some, there's usually some sort of nominal employer provided coverage, whether that's, you know, one times your salary or one and a half, two times, whatever that ratio is. But there's usually, usually some nominal employer provided coverage. If you do nothing, you're going to get this, this base amount of coverage. Then there usually is the option for voluntary life insurance coverage over and above that. And that's usually capped to, to, to some degree as well. But where we see that really come into play is group life insurance is typically much cheaper than most other types of life insurance um, that you can get outside of, of the company plan because you are 
being pooled with many yeah. other employees. So from a from an insurance standpoint, it is it is one of the cheapest ways to get um, essentially temporary coverage, right? It's not portable. Once once if you uh, either retire, you quit, you're fired, whatever the case may be. Once you leave that employer, more often than not, that coverage then also stops. So it's important to keep that in mind too. Yeah, so there's the con. But where I see us oftentimes giving um, some more detailed advice in this space is not just to compare the cost, but to think situationally again, like you brought up with the medical benefits and what may be going on next year. You've got yeah. a child going, going off and starting college this may be a four-year window where beefing up your life insurance just temporarily mm -hmm. because you're able to make those adjustments on a year-to-year -year basis may be a, yeah. a real, real good and efficient way to say, God forbid something happens. Here's a little bit of extra life insurance for my survivors, for my kids to get through that phase of life, knowing that you could just reduce it again when that phase of life is gone. So I think it is to be thoughtful about pairing the benefit with yeah. specific things going on in life. Yes, definitely. And, and that, that ability to adjust that in any given year, right? Open enrollment time period is, is flexibility that really doesn't exist elsewhere when it comes to insurance. So that's, that's a great, great point I wanted to hit home on. So how about disability insurance? Another benefit, right? We, we often talk about, you know, the, the biggest, yep the biggest potential for someone's financial future is their ability to earn an income. Right. Yeah. And we talk, we often, I think people often default to Well, if I'm not here anymore, I want to make sure that there's life insurance or, or proceeds to, to take care of my family. But what if you don't pass away and you just can't work, you're incapacitated yeah. to whatever degree, having some sort of benefit to help replace that lost income is huge. Um, yes. And that's, and so, Again, varies from company to company. Sometimes it's provided. Sometimes it is voluntary. I'd say more often than not, it's voluntary. Um, but that's a, that's a key component um, right. that we often see overlooked when it comes to the benefit side of things is that disability insurance yep. coverage in general often kind of gets, gets pushed to the side. Yeah, and so... So as to not make this a podcast on disability, which I guess we could do because there's enough to talk about here, I'm going to rattle off a couple things. You make sure you hit on anything else that would be on that. If it yeah. is coming through a group plan, it's important to know that those benefits would be taxable to you. There usually is kind of a cap to the percentage of income that's being protected. Let's just say 60% right. of your salary. Um, at the same time, there's usually a waiting period where you're not going to get those mm -hmm. benefits on day one. You have to be defined as disabled by somebody and sometimes that needs to be looked into is that the employer's doctors is that your own um right. all the way down to again just trying to be thoughtful on it's far more important to us to make sure the income's protected when you're like a solo income family right sure. when when yeah. yep. the family's really relying on that one income versus yeah. maybe it's two incomes maybe you have a decent cash reserve that can get you through those spotty times in life um, I think there's just a lot of external factors that go into that advice as well. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll pause. There might be more on yeah. your lines. Well, so just one other thing that I would note there. So similar to the life insurance that we kind of talked about, it's if you were to leave that company, it is not portable. More sure. often than not, it would, it would end as soon as your, your employment would end. So this, the, the disability realm is, is oftentimes where we see 
going out and getting your own individual coverage outside of the employer, while it may not be as cost effective, you control that, right? It's not tied, it's not tied to your employer. So at any point, right. as long as you're, if your job title stays very similar, you just move from company to company, that policy can continue in its form without having to start over from scratch every time. So I think the last thing that now is triggering in my mind, um, when you control that, there are certain triggers, I would say, within a policy that you can control as well. Meaning, mm -hmm. am I able to collect benefits if I can't do my job versus any job that's out there, right? Two yeah. incredibly different things. So yes. I'll just say in the span of open enrollment and then maybe how that ties into your own plan, um, there are a lot of nuances here to be discussed. But yes. at least in the spirit of open enrollment, understand what's available to you. Um, right. Understand that just like you said with group life insurance, group disability um, oftentimes would be probably a little more cost effective um, mm -hmm. to at least get that first bit of benefit, whether that's 50% of your salary or 60 or something like that. Right. Yes. We, we often see that the, the group benefit paired with an individual benefit sure. or an individual coverage uh, outside. Okay. Anything else on insurance? Great. No. Okay. Group benefit. Then my mind also, of course, goes to retirement benefits. Um, mm -hmm. Hope. I know this can span the gamut too on what type yeah. of company you work for. Is it a really small business? Is it more of a corporate, you know, large entity? Uh, but more often than not, we would see that there's some sort of retirement plan being offered. So what are the considerations? How do we talk about it with our clients? Open enrollment. Yeah, I think we often talk about it in terms of if you're getting towards that, that this part of the year, right? Re just reviewing your plan, number one, right? We, we've often talked about, and we hear from a lot of clients that when they get their raise, whatever that may be, right? Yeah. Reviewing what they're contributing to that retirement plan. And if they don't see it in their paycheck, they don't feel like they're apt to spend it. Yeah. And it just in increases the savings that they're doing. And it's, you know, it's money in, money out, and you never really see it or feel it or are tempted to actually use it um, for kind of the day-to-day -day living that can often be tempting to want to have a little extra. Yeah. So I'd, I'd start with, um, and maybe this isn't necessarily an open enrollment thing, but when you get a new sure. job, make sure that you're signing up for the plan. We would always say if there's free money, right, if you're being incentivized to contribute, right? You put in 3% oh, yeah. will match it, whatever those formulas right. are, take the free money. Um, but to your point, you may be able to adjust some of the things within your plan at any time within the year, um, mm -hmm. but open enrollment is a good time to go back and just make sure there are a couple basic things that you're double checking. To me, yes, what are you contributing? Um, what are those investment selections? We're seeing more and more that companies are adjusting what's available um, yeah, from time sure. to time. Um, beneficiaries. Make Ooh, sure yeah. this is one of those things oh, that man. when you open the plan here, I said my spouse, um, mm -hmm. 10 years later, you haven't looked at it. Maybe you're no longer married to that person. Maybe you've yeah. had a couple children. Um, you do not want to put yourself in a situation where God forbid your heirs are going to be surprised yep. by the name you had listed as a beneficiary. And I speak from experience, um, <laughs> you know, one client that kind of kind of forgot about that one. 
Yeah. And I know we've talked about this before too, but just to reiterate, yeah, beneficiary designations supersede any estate planning documents, right? Your wills. Yeah. So if you name somebody as a beneficiary of an account, it doesn't necessarily matter how your will is written or who you're leaving money to in your will. The financial institution will follow that beneficiary designation first. And again, we, I, I think we would see this more often than with an IRA or something that you just right. pay a little bit more attention to. You established this 401k yeah. with the company 15 years ago, and right. you haven't looked at the beneficiary designation since. Yeah. Um, so one, one other thing to add on the, the 401k side, uh, we've, all, we've seen this increasing uh, the last handful of years. Yep. Um, it used to be typical that the, the 401k, if, if it's a 401k, was all just a pre-tax option, right? You got the deduction for contributing the funds, it grew tax-free, you pay taxes when you take it out. The, there is a now more commonly a Roth 401k option, which changes it up a little bit, right? You're putting in your contributions with after-tax dollars, you're paying the taxes on them today. It's yep. going into that same 401k type platform, but it's being segregated aside by its tax title. Um, it's growing tax deferred the same way it was before, but now when you go to use it in retirement, you're able to take that out without paying the taxes. So we're certainly seeing in our clients, um, and it typically happens with, with smaller companies that are adding these features over time. So that would just be one, one thing to check, or maybe there would be an announcement that if that became an option, it may be something to look into based on your situation. Yeah. And like many things here, the answer to should I do it or shouldn't I do yeah. it? Um, this one is definitely, and it depends. Maybe it's a phase of life thing. Um, mm -hmm. I think especially if you don't qualify for the Roth IRA outside of the plan, then maybe it becomes even more attractive to look within it. Um, mm -hmm. But I think there's a lot that goes into it, but absolutely a great point to make. It's not only getting into the plan, knowing what you're deferring, getting the match, knowing the investment selections, getting the beneficiary, but having to decide what part of your yeah. savings is going pre-tax or post-tax is, is another thing to consider. And I would say on an annual basis, right? Because there yeah. are other inputs based on your other income, your other investments, your other tax inputs uh, that are yeah. going to help us determine what to do and when. Yes. Um, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on, I have kind of the one-offs, depending on the company, maybe mm. you have some stock options. Oh, uh, yeah. Maybe when you start with a company, there's pension decisions. I think those are maybe not as important for the podcast today, but they need to be kind of lumped into this conversation on if you have these types of decisions to make, once again, please reach out to us so we can get into some of the nuances of that. Yeah. Yeah. Th those especially. Um, and for, for all of these benefits, and maybe we kind of alluded to it earlier, we would just want to make sure that any of the benefits that you have elected, that they fit into your overall planning strategies. Um, to, like you said, we, we would, our hope is to be as efficient as possible, remove yeah. any du duplication of effort or expense, um, and just make sure that you do have the box checked on those items that, that are very important when it comes to the life insurance, the disability, all of those things. Um, God forbid something happens, you want to make sure you have, have the coverage. Yeah, it's highly unlikely somebody's going to come to us in the future and go, <laughs> um, I really want to work with you because you'll help me with my open enrollment, right? It is it's right. far more, it's far more excited to think about big picture planning, you know, yeah. retirement, educating kids, uh, the legacy planning and charitable work that we love to do too. 
this falls firmly in that camp of, while those are the fun things to talk about, um, there are a lot of fundamental things that we think are really important to check the box on. And as we said to start this podcast, this is one that can sometimes get forgotten, but as I hope we illustrated in multiple ways, year by year, life can change. People go through transitions, yeah. Yeah. it's relationships, it's kids, it's moving situations, careers. Um, let's make sure we don't miss something in this category. Very well said. And if that seems too daunting, because there couldn't be a lot of moving pieces, we're here, yep. lean on us. We can at least give some education, shine some light on your options and point you in the right direction. Thanks so much. We can be the fallback option on that. Oh man, I see what you did there. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. I mean, that was pretty seamless. Uh, tune in next week for another bad dad joke. <laughs> They're only All right, bad Adam. if you don't laugh. <laughs> As always, uh, thank you for your insights and uh, hopefully everyone enjoyed it. I agree. Thank you. See you soon. Bye. Hey everyone, Adam and I really appreciate you tuning in. Please note that the opinions we voiced in the show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be most appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, your accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to making any decisions or investing. Thanks for listening.